0: She said Olá como está? She said Kanichi She said Parte my French? I said my rap Then she said Sa passe? And I said Na boule? No matter where
1: I go, you know I love. Hello, it's Naya, and after a long hiatus, I am back with Never Date a Traveler Season 2. If you're just tuning in, Never Date a Traveler are my fireside chats where I discuss my experiences with dating and romance on the roads, the ups, downs, passionate turns, and in some cases, how they lead to cultural discovery. I am a sometimes fashion stylist, a travel blogger, and writer, born wanderluster, and advocate for cultural exchange guess I'm all the things I'm fortunate enough to be able to travel as much as I do for work but whether it's work or not it's such a passion of mine I'm pretty sure my suitcases would be packed for a trip a few times a year anyway for the last few months I've been splitting my home base between New York City and London in the UK because well someone decided to date this traveler more on that later this season of Never Jaded Traveler, I'm going to be bringing you more stories and a bit of a new format, guests to share their stories of love and wanderlust with you. Some of my guests will include the daughter of an Indonesian princess and a Jewish-American freedom fighter from New York, <laughs> a married couple affected by the travel ban, an international matchmaker, and countless more. So, let's dive in. Do I, I go on? Thank you. I just went through Border Patrol at Gatwick. I don't know if it's Brexit or how much time I'm spending here, but they're really starting to grow more and more. Because of work and now my relationship, I spend a ridiculous amount of time chatting with Border Patrol people in different countries. Because of this relationship, I spent an exorbitant amount of money on flights and accommodations. In the last six months, dating an American would have saved me at least $6,000, definitely more. Is it worth it? My first guest, international nonprofit Litworld world exec, Jen Estrada, chats with me on, Is Your Person American? Jen is a traveler. Actually, tell them a little bit about what you do and why you travel so much for work. And she's always been a traveler. but
0: Sure. So um, I work for a nonprofit, actually two nonprofits right now. Organizations I work for, one is in New York, Lit World, and one is in California, Global Glow. Mm -hmm. We partner together. The two organizations partner together. But we also work really closely with community-based organizations um, who have, are doing work in their community, doing great things, um, but want to do more, and especially my work is focused on women and girls, Um, so they really want to support and strengthen the women and girls in their community, and so we work together um, to provide ongoing programming for girls, but also special events. So we bring girls together across the community to share stories, so girls who might live on opposite sides of town, um, might never otherwise meet each other, but also bring girls together from other parts of the world um, to come together, learn from each other, support one another, and ultimately go home with a greater sense of themselves and motivation and inspiration to make the changes they want to see. With our support.
1: That's pretty amazing and so where are some of the places that work has brought you? I've gotten to visit a lot
0: of different communities um, over the years. I've been to Kenya the most, that was where mm-hmm. we started our work um, back in 2008. Um, And so I've been to Kenya, I think, four or
1: five times, visiting the partners that we have there. Did you work there in 2008 after you graduated from Amherst? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I interned
0: with the founder while I was still in school. And we just um, really worked well together and connected. Mm -hmm. I really was excited about the work she was doing.
1: And then you went to Oxford in between. Um,
0: yeah, so I spent three years working just for Lit World um, in New York. And in that time, I did a lot of kind of foundational programming work
1: um, mm-hmm.
0: and took a trip to Kenya, took my first trip to Kenya. Nice. And then I um, decided I wanted to do a master's and found a really great program at Oxford in international education. So, And that was actually a big, I think, turning point in terms of my traveling life, because Mm -hmm. that first trip to Kenya, um, on the way back, we had a layover in London, and so I took it as an opportunity to go visit Oxford. I had, like, signed up, was going to go, for sure, but had never been there. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I had, like, spent a little bit of time in London while I was studying abroad, but had never been to Oxford, had never seen the school, but just knew I wanted to have an experience living somewhere else again, so... I took it as a chance to go see the school. It was the first time that I was really stepping out on my own. Mm -hmm. So leaving, you know, the team, the work team to go do this trip and just being able to be there, like set out on my own, meet people there for the three days that I was visiting was really empowering and kind of set me so you think, met
1: people while in Oxford before you went
0: yeah where? yeah so um you went to a pub I, I, yeah <laughs> well, so I got connected um, so as you do I like reached out to my network was like do you, does anyone yeah. know anyone in England Callie um, and Kelly where did they go they were in Edinburgh oh yeah but it's, I happened yeah. to work with a guy who's who had a friend from college who was studying at Oxford mm. so like two degrees of separation Perfect. met up with this girl um, so I stayed at her flat. Oh, wow. I just like slept on her couch That's and nice. yeah, and she's great. We're still friends. Um, but she connected me to her crew and mm-hmm. her friends. And so we like went out to pubs, like so hung around the university people warm and welcoming. Technically this girl is from Kansas. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was able to connect with Eng- English, people, um, once I was there. Well, when I visited, it was not like it was mostly um, you know, an expat scene. Yeah. But yeah, that was a that was a big turning point that kind of set the tide Because you the... saw like your life there and what it could be. Exactly. I think growing up in New York, um, it's easy to be really obsessed with this city mm-hmm. and um and I still love New York deeply, but seeing What it's like to live somewhere else, um, I think, was really important, Mm -hmm. especially as an adult. You kind of realize that there are lots of ways to live a life and lots of ways to be happy.
1: Yeah. So how was dating while – or do you ever date when you're on work trips? So not on the
0: work part of the work trip. (laughs) Here's what happens. So I I have a few stories that that I can at this point tell. I try not to date on the work part of the work trip. Here's what usually happens. (laughs) Usually when I'm traveling for work, um, I'll extend the trip a few days Mm. afterwards, um, either in the place that I'm in or um, in, like, a layover situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, we usually, where we're going, we layover somewhere in Europe. So that's easy enough. Yeah. Um, But... Uh, There have been a few times where that hasn't quite happened in the way I meant it to. The layover? Um, No, I mean like the romance part has like bled into the work part of the trip. Tell me about Um, one of those times. so, (laughs) So another place that I've been to a couple of times for work is
1: Jordan. Um do I I don't think I know this story. Oh, really? we're getting a new story, guys. <laughs> so, um the first time I ever went to Jordan,
0: um going to Jordan was amazing. It was completely different than being mm-hmm. in Kenya. Um and beautiful and, you know, we got to explore the ruins and it's a it's an incredible place and I I think just professionally, it was the first time that I kind of connected the fact that there can be um, Deep-rooted issues with women's equality, alongside a less toxic version of masculinity than um, there is in this country. Like, there's a lot of like affection between men there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just an interesting.
1: Oh yeah, that thing. guy, that Arab guy that I was dating, told me about that. Like his dad would hold hands with his relatives in Germany, yeah. like the German neighbors would be like what's going on with
0: yeah like men hold hands mm-hmm. men kiss each other on the cheek yeah. like there's there's a lot of loving affection um but uh so that was that was really gave me a lot to reflect on and think about when we talk about gender equity um but also <laughs> on that trip um kind of a funny chain of events unfolded. So when we were flying in, me and my colleague, we happened to be, she, my colleague, happened to be seated next to someone who um, was there, was actually passing through Jordan on their way to Palestine. And um, when we got off the plane, they were still talking and he also had a friend on the plane um, who, so the four of us kind of left the airport together and, and headed into the city. And that other guy, the friend, um, was staying in, uh, staying in Amman for, for a little while too. He's, um, a classical musician and uses, um, music as a tool for empowerment for, for young people, um, in refugee communities. So he was also planning to work um, at the same, same camp that we were cool. going to. So we met in that way and had some extra time on our hands. So, and he had been to Oman a few times before. Mm-hmm. So he, um, offered, um, we had like a, a free morning or a couple of free, free mornings where he offered to, um, meet us at our hostel, our hotel and, and take us around to like coffee shops and things like that. Show us around the city a little bit. Um, so we did that with him for a couple of days, um and just like we're keeping in touch like we'd meet after the work day and you know have people don't really drink in public but we'd go and like have a hookah and some juice and you know casually hang out (laughs) gin and juice minus the juice (laughs) nope minus the gin Gin (laughs) at home it's minus the juice there it's minus but you got buzzed
1: hookah, right? A little
0: bit, but How it was that mostly sober just dating. Yeah, it was funny. I mean, and my friend was there. My like colleague Your, was there oh, the yeah. whole time. We weren't. To me, it wasn't dating. Necessarily, like mm-hmm. we weren't, but we we were connecting. We were yeah. all getting to know <laughs> each other. And the last night I was there, um, we were there. Me and my friend, my colleague. Uh, sh- we went. You know, as we had been doing, got a hookah, got some juice, hung out, um, had like kind of a goodbye. And then I get this message from him, like a Facebook message, um, you know, because we're in Amman, so we don't have text. We can't text. Mm. Um, And it was just before WhatsApp was really taking off. So I got actually a Facebook message from him as soon as I get back into the hotel Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. So I get this message from him that's like, it's absurd, Looking back, it's absurd. In the moment, it was somewhat romantic, but it was like, I can't stop thinking about your face and how graceful you are and how, like, and this, he was very, he's very dramatic as a person. He's a musician, like, he's just very dramatic. He, like, sends me, like, this, like, photo of this, um, like, Greco-Roman sculpture, this, like, woman and man together, like, about to kiss, and he's like, this is, how I, like, just, like, oh, wow. this is how I feel, and I'm oh, like, wow. oh, my goodness. And I like messaged him back. I'm like, I had no idea why did you not say something? Like, we'd been hanging out for days, yeah. and I had no idea that he, because he's, he was very friendly and charming and yeah. equally to both of us. Like, okay. He is. Did he sit next to you more? Though? Not really. Huh. Not Honestly, not really. Like, Wait, I. So, what happened? So, I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea. And he's like, well, I, like, I would give anything for, like, one kiss. And I'm like, I'm leaving. Like, I'm sorry. He's like, I'm outside. Oh, And he, like, <laughs> hadn't left. He, like, dropped us off at our hotel but hadn't yeah. left. So he, like, went – I went downstairs to meet him. And we, like, there – the the hotel that we were in – and a lot of hotels, this is true of, um, there was this gate, this, like, locked gate mm-hmm. after a certain hour. You had to buzz yeah. to get in and out. Um, but, you know, it's for – the safety and protection, yeah. A lot of hotels do a that, lot too, of hotels. yeah. So, but it was after hours and the buzzer was like room shaking loud, so I didn't really want to buzz the buzzer because the hotel manager would come downstairs.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So, we wound up like having a kiss like through the
1: bars of this gate. Wait, <laughs> hey, what was that? What's that Greek myth where they're kissing like through a hole in the wall? I think, is that this? Really, um,
0: Oh Tiramis and Thysmy. Tiramis and Thysbe,
1: yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: yes. Yeah. So so basically that that was like our moment. And then <laughs> and of course it's never that some like it's never just like a kiss and then you know yeah. you're out of you're out of the picture. So he travels, I travel. He came to New York. Um, he lives in Amsterdam, um, and he came to New York and we hung out. Um, He actually came to New York, I think, a couple of times, and we hung out a couple of times. Um, But he, I mean, like, at the end of the day, he, one, he's older, but Mm -hmm. that's never really stopped me. He's not really my (laughs) type.
1: That's never really. (laughs) So going back to he came to New York, I find that often it happens that when you're, when they're in your space or when you're in each other's space, Mm -hmm. it's totally different than when you're on When you're traveling together or you meet each other at a destination. Right. No, and it was just
0: completely different. I think mostly because seeing him here, I was able to see him more clearly Mm -hmm. and could see the things that I was less into about him, less attracted to about Mm -hmm. him. Um, You know, he's a lovely person, but um, just a very different type of guy than I usually date a little bit more effeminate a little bit more artistic and you know everyone has their cup of tea and he wasn't yeah. mine
1: how um, are you liking that tea by the way
0: love it <laughs> good love it it's so good I'm what trying to it? slow down I I think because of my work and because of um you know how I tried to take advantage of that time I'm not as often going back to the same places mm. um so it's rarer that you know I'm really you know have people that I've met already that I'm meeting again and also a lot of the places like I've met people in my travels to Kenya to Jordan to Haiti you know um, I've been to a few other Philippines Cambodia I've met people while there who Mm -hmm. are interesting and attractive but this like, the, ex- the experience with this, you know, Dutch cellist that i described <laughs> is atypical because yeah. I rarely... One, I rarely have time to really spend off the clock with someone. And two, I I don't necessarily, like, want that burden
1: while I'm, like, in my <laughs> work mode. Totally. You know? I totally agree. I had that happen in Hawaii where we wanted to take us to Waterfall, and I had, like, I'm on a press trip, so I have back-to-back activities, like, right. I can hang out with you, but it's going to be after dinner because I have to go to this press center, and I can't go out to dinner with you. And then right. these people want to go out for drinks with me, and they're, like, a client, and I have to keep them happy. So right. I definitely, definitely understand. So it doesn't happen to me as much with all work trips, mm-hmm. but more so, like, work and fun trips.
0: Yeah, and, like, I think also, like, adding to that, it's, like, there's – like the other stuff, you have, the things that you need to prioritize for work, and then also in the places I tend to go, the scrutiny of like mm-hmm. being a woman um, traveling exclusively with other women or traveling alone—you're um, already under a little bit of heightened scrutiny. Your behavior is really like under that observation, and and then you're also representing the organization. So it's just—it's oh, kind of. Um, uh, it's tricky. Um, not to say that I, you know, my ex-boyfriend and I got together on a work trip, so yeah. Was that. Um, but generally, I try to keep it. To he was the, working for her. Yeah, he was. He was <laughs> working for me.
1: He was a he was a research student doing you know, some research. Barack was working for Michelle when they got together. Speaking anyone. of all of this, you're very well traveled. Something that I've often grappled with. And I was even speaking to my mom about it when we were just in Spain. I was speaking actually on a date <laughs> about it recently. And he thought I did not want to go on a second date with him because he was like, I was like, I don't want to date an American guy. I hate dating in New York. <laughs> And he was like, I think you hate me. But, oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, it was really wonderful. But then I was like, you're actually pretty cool. You can roll with the punches. But I don't know if my person is American. Mm-hmm. Um also speaking with my friend Stacy about it, in terms of having traveled a lot, having dated a lot of men abroad, you know, there's an exception to every rule. Mm-hmm. But I've been on enough dates with American guys. I've been on enough dates with guys that are not from America. And I can say that 70% of the time, 80% of the time, even, like, remember, sometimes we're at the bar in Crown and it's always, like, the foreign guy that comes up to me. Yeah. <laughs> that it's a mutual thing. Like, I just yeah. gel better. And so I don't think my person is American. And it's something that we discuss. and, like, I wanted to get your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I have had those thoughts. Um, as you know, I think, I think it's tricky um, dating Americans because... The perspective tends to be narrower, um, and I I don't think it's the individual's fault necessarily. Um, I think our education system is really isolationist in a way. Um, It really discourages um, taking an international perspective, um, and it really places the U.S. as separate from the rest of the world and kind of... Makes it an us them dichotomy between um, like the U.S. as its its own entity that is unaffected by the world and leads the world, um, and then everywhere else is is the other. Um, and I think that especially in Europe, um, but in many other parts of the world, the approach is different. Um, you know, in Europe there's much more of a sense of, yes, each country has its own culture, but it's intimately, you know, affected by and affects other countries around it. Um, and the understanding of the history is in that context. Um, now, that's also imperfect because it takes Europe in, the, in much the similar way to how mm-hmm. America sees itself. It, it, You know, European education tends to put Europe at the
1: top. Yeah. Um, and it's just happened since that when you say Europe, it's by nature of just how geography works that it encompasses so many more countries than even right. North America.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So it's, but I do think, I think in terms of language education, in terms of history, in terms of a lot of the ways that um, identity is formed in other countries, there's just an openness to other cultures and other perspectives that tends to be lacking in folks who are either, um, American or just, you know, simply less traveled or less interested. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that I think is sometimes really hard. And I think for me, it's also about the lifestyle I want. I want to travel and I want to, um, maybe live abroad again mm-hmm. and that tends to be much more appealing to people from not from this country um who have kind of a similar um
1: interest in and understanding of the world um, and as a disclaimer you can find this kind of person all over the world like of course brexit happened, right, right. <laughs> so. and the,
0: and you know also i mean i think much more important Um, at the end of the day than where you're born is what you choose. And I think that um, being someone who, like I'm American, I'm, you know, not, uh, as are you, we're both Mm -hmm. (laughs) very, very much American citizens. uh, (laughs) And make a conscious choice to be a part of an international community Mm -hmm. and be um, aware of what's going on in the world um, beyond our own National borders, and um, you know, we are learners actively every day, and I think that that attitude that stands, especially the learning piece—that yeah. you know, intellectual curiosity and interest in the world—that's really at the heart of it. And I think it just happens that because of how we educate our society, you know, in this country and our children in this country, there are fewer of
1: those. People. Yeah. It's less nurtured. And it's very interesting that I feel like, even, cause I, feel, I feel like my person is cosmopolitan. You're like, of course, New York is one of the most cosmopolitan places in the world. That being said, there's, I'm a New Yorker, but there's a certain attitude that it can breathe that New York is the be all, end all of things. And that's the difference I would say between, like, say, a, a person in London or a person in Hong Kong that. I feel like there's a closed-minded Americanness that can come from even the most enlightened New Yorker. That's right.
0: surprising. Right. Well, even, yeah. like, the people who can't imagine living anywhere else besides New York or the people mm-hmm. who, like, don't see any reason to leave New York. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, like, those people exist and are, you know, there are a lot <laughs> in yeah <that> city. <laughs> you know, you talk to people, and it's really funny, you know, even people who are not from here. And I I actually think, I don't know, this isn't a tested theory, but I do feel like for me, and maybe this is true for you, because I'm from here, because I know this place so well, I understand its limitations. Yes. You know, I'm not blind to what it doesn't have to offer. I see all the incredibleness that it does offer, and it is an amazing city. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think it's... It's my preferred city in this country.
1: For sure. However,
0: it has limits. You know, living in England for two years, I realized that what I was really missing living here was having access to the outdoors and green space. Mm -hmm. And in England, the there is less. Um, the suburban sprawl is is different. It feels different because there's just more green space. There's Let more open space um, that's accessible even in cities and suburbs. And um, coming back to New York, it was it was stark. It was really something that I had to grapple with. How yeah. how do I find that balance and peace that I had in this other place in a city that has very little green space. Mm-hmm. You know, even we live very close to Prospect Park. It's yeah. amazing. Um, but that was a choice for me. I was like, I can I yeah. have to and be tree-lined streets, mm-hmm. but that's like I couldn't live on the Lower East Side. A challenge I'm willing to deal with, but yeah. there are limits to what this city can offer.
1: And I also think for all of New York is a melting pot and has a lot of diversity. And but for all of New York's diversity, it's also very segregated Mm -hmm. and that's something that people like kind of ignore that it's like very segregated by neighborhoods even culturally so that yeah yeah, I can get like some good food of this culture here but that's something that I often find again for a London example that I'm at a dinner table and people are speaking a lot of different Mm -hmm. languages and they have a back have have a lot of different backgrounds and I have way more Muslim friends in London than I do in the U S well. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I think that
0: it's interesting because I think that there are definitely places like, I mean, um, like Paris, for example, Mm -hmm. where I feel like it's just as segregated in a lot of ways. Yeah. like Like France has, I think very similar issues with, um, you know, how they treat the Muslim community and, and the, you know, racism and stereotypes that are really rampant there um, to in the U.S. I mean, I, um, I like, was randomly dating that uh, Parisian guy. Do you remember him? I met him on the train on the way into Paris. This is kind of a funny story. <laughs> I met him on the train from the airport into the city when I was in Paris for the weekend meeting another guy. Atomic. Who I was dating.
1: <laughs> That's how you meet the best one. <laughs> yeah.
0: And he was, I mean, so, ro- I mean, like, he was super romantic. We, I spent the weekend with the guy I was there to see, and then at the end of the weekend I had an extra night, and I was a little feeling a little sad, and so I called yeah. this other guy, and well, long story short, we um, dated for a little while. I, like, went back to visit mm-hmm. him. Um, and he is Moroccan um by birth but um or by heritage Mm -hmm. but French by birth and um he has a he we would talk about it because he has a very interesting experience there where you know he is incredibly culturally French I mean Mm he was born and raised there like his whole family is like identifies as French um He's actually also half Jewish, which is like an interesting combination of cultures um, coming together in one person. But externally, you know, his look is North African mm-hmm. and um, like a little mixed. He, You can tell he's a little bit mixed, but if you know what you're yeah. looking for, but obviously not a white european Mm -hmm. and he gets a lot of racism in his own country in Mm -hmm. the country that he's always lived in in the city that he's always um or that for a long time he's called home and um you know that is i think it's a very similar experience to what a lot of people who are not white experience here yeah you know and are obviously of a culture that is not um you know the white American culture mm-hmm. um, experience here, and I, and I think that London is unique in England because a lot of England is incredibly segregated mm-hmm. as well. Um, I think segregation is actually like a global problem
1: still. Yeah, I um, completely agree. So yeah. let's. So
0: <laughs> what, are we, what are we talking about? <laughs> we were just oh.
1: talking. So that was just a small clip. Always amazing to chat with Jennifer. And I'm so happy to say that this was not the last time you'll be hearing from her on my podcast, season two of Never Date a Traveler. Actually, next week, she and I are going to be tackling that question. What are you? Which is particularly relevant right now, considering some recent coverage on Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's royal wedding. Thanks for listening to Never Date a Traveler with me, Anaya Richards, and go out there, travel, and fall in love. Bye. Hola. Hola, Ana.